For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe and Hit That Line Podcast Network. With us on the line is the voice of the Arkansas Razorback, Chuck Barrett. Hey, former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Highly Questionable, also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and the <laughs> former heptathlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. Mr. Phil Elson, the voice of Razorback Baseball and the Ladybacks. Razorback Nation, welcome into episode number 180 of the one and only Hog Talk podcast live from the Heinemann Services studios. I am your host, Kyle Sutherland, alongside Porter Hayes, and we thank you as always for joining us. And if you're a first time listener, be sure and hit that subscribe button on whatever form you're listening to. That way you get notified whenever we release an episode. Also, leave us a five star review and a or five star rating and a written review if you could be so kind. Got a lot to talk about today in segment two. Aaron Fitt, the co editor for D1 Baseball, will be talking with Kevin about the Auburn series this weekend and just a little bit of baseball, what we've had up to this point. And then, uh, Porter, man, it's uh, we're getting closer to the end of the school year right now. Baseball and softball are rolling. Basketball, of course, ended earlier this week with a great run by the Razorback basketball team but man those spring sports are, are hot and rolling and it feels like after we get I feel I think that Easter is kind of everybody's or most people at least that's their mark for the beginning of spring to an extent and uh, now that you know spring sports are in full effect you also got soccer in there too uh, man it's, it's still a, a great time of year the baseball team rolling softball i mean nine and oh they're they're ahead six nothing right now and as we're recording braxton burnside just become the all-time single season home run record holder at arkansas she hit her 18th home run and they're halfway through the season and braxton's had just a not just what she's done in this season for the razorbacks but uh, they recently did an episode for her on the hog pod this past week and Really cool to hear her story about how a Northeast Arkansas kid from Paragould, basically Jonesboro, in Red Wolf territory, grew up wanting to be a Razorback and, of course, ended up uh, going, I'll let you guys hear the story of it, but going to Missouri out of high school and things quite didn't really work out there, or at least it came full circle to her going to her dream school at the University of Arkansas. So really cool story right there. We'll get into some softball later, but before we get into some basketball news, I want to let you guys know that the show is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. The Final Four is this weekend, plus the NBA and NHL are rolling, and Bet Online has you covered on all the news, scores, and odds, along with being the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, plus it's free to sign up. So head to the website, betonline.ag, 
or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% off your welcome bonus for your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And Porter, it's that time of year. We know what Coach Musselman does in the transfer portal, but just like what he tries to do, getting other players from school, getting players from other schools, of course, we're going to have some guys transfer out too. And Desi Sills, to the surprise of quite a few people, it actually surprised me a good bit, announced on Wednesday uh, that he's going to transfer after three seasons on the Hill, a native Arkansan. I, I think that we have a few ideas of probably where he will go, no telling as it is right now. But what what did you think when you heard that news? Well, I wasn't surprised because, I mean, if you if you take a step back and look at things and how his minutes got diminished a little bit, you know, and next year, I mean, and he's looking out for himself. I know, you know, the, the social media posts and stuff, but when you, when you really look at it, I mean, he's look, wanting to go somewhere and play. In the grand scheme of it, that's what the portal's really for. If if you feel like you want to go somewhere else and get some playing time and, and really get the most out of your abilities and maybe go overseas or, I mean, you can shock the world and go to the NBA draft. I mean, he knows next year with KK coming back, with the guys coming back, the core guards that they have, that his likelihood of playing next year in, in a significant role was not likely going to happen. And, you know, Musk seems to be one of them straightforward guys that he's like, Hey, this is where we're looking at next year. This is where you fit in. If you're okay with coming off the bench and playing limited minutes, we're we're happy to have you back. But if you want to go somewhere else and shine, then go somewhere else and shine. And I think it's a business decision. You know, you want to go somewhere, go ahead. Well, I got to say, I do respect him for speaking his mind because a lot of times whenever somebody decommits or transfers, they say the typical, I'd like to thank God, my family. Look, that's all great and dandy, but that's just kind of like everybody's typical thing. I admire him for speaking his mind. Now, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I understand it's fresh on his mind. And if there's anything that Razorback fans or basketball fans have never questioned Desi Sills on, that is his toughness and competitiveness. He's as everything you look for in terms of those two things in a player. He is the prototypical guy. He's the he is the poster child for that. But I kind of did take it a little bit offensive. Not offensive. I I, I didn't. Uh, it it made me raise my eyebrow a little bit just because. Look, I'm sure that like you said, Coach Muss had a, and the other coaching staff had a straightforward conversation. Probably told him some things that he didn't want to hear that was not personal. It's just one of those types of things. Like you said, it's a business-type deal. They're going to lay everything out on the table. And just this tweet, I, I kind of just some of the replies, I, I went through a little bit, and I think there were some fans that were a little bit rubbed the wrong way because if there's anybody or any group that supported Desi Sills throughout his entire career there, outside of his family, outside of his friends, anybody that was within his camp, it was this fan base. He was a fan favorite from the time that he stepped on campus. Because, exactly. Yeah, because of his toughness. And so I think the only issue that I have with this, and I and I and I've loved Desi Sills. I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he goes somewhere and scores 20. And a grown man should be able to tweet whatever he wants. So I'll go ahead and throw that out there too. My opinion's irrelevant. But if this is his way of part this is the last time that he really ever addresses the Razorback fan base and he probably really wasn't even talking to the directly to the Razorback fan base I think he was just putting his thoughts out there you got to think that that is a little bit harsh I I feel like it should be a you know a little bit more of a thank you to them just simply because and again I'm not saying that he owes anybody anything I'm just saying if you're going to tweet something out you might want to follow it up with something else just because 
these are the same people that instead of working or doing some other things that they could have done on Tuesday afternoon, they came to see you and the basketball team and wait and congratulate you and clap for you and, and be there for you in a time that, yeah, you're thankful for a good season, but you hated to see it end. And so again, I'm not trashing the kid. I'm I'm not trying to tell him what to do, but I just hate that the fact that that's probably going to be the parting words to the Razorback fan base. And you hate to see that for somebody that was a fan favorite for so long. Yeah. And and we got to look at another thing too. I mean, it's the guy's been here for so long and he went through the coaching change between Mike Anderson and, and Musselman. And it's almost like us, if we're, starting sophomore junior year and then all of a sudden we get our senior year and, and a coach comes up to us and said hey man this sophomore is really good you know you're not going to get that much playing time next year because the sophomore is going to come up and and take your spot of, of course being you're, you know this is d1 talent this is the top of the top when it comes to college basketball you know and of course if you feel like you can go out on the court and and be a starter on a team like arkansas you know, you're going to be rubbed the wrong way. You're going to have some bitterness. It's just the competitor in us. You know, that that's just how we are. That's how we're built as competitors. And anybody who's played athletics, they don't want their spot taken away from them. But we always hear, cooler heads will always prevail. If he would have just kind of given it a little bit, but that's the way social media is now. You feel like, you know, irrational moment, heat of the moment. I got to speak my mind now. You send it out, and you can see by if this is even true. I mean, you, it's hard to tell with when it comes to did he really send that? Somebody screenshotted it, but what did he delete? You know, so it's kind of tough when it comes to that part of it. But you know, we say men, but they're really mindset. They're kids. You know, they're eighteen, nineteen year olds. They they don't they're not been out in the real world yet to make real adult life decisions. So. Is he going to look back on this and maybe one day think he handled it wrong? Yes, because that is not what you want to be remembered by. And it, it, like you said, it is sad that for all the good he's done for this university, more likely this is what he's going to be remembered for is how you part your way out. Well, but even though we had a loss on the team, uh, we had a gain as well. Basically 24 hours later, pit guard, I think I'm saying this right, Adis, Tony, you know me in this – I swear, man, these guys, babe, between Bebe and Nicole Mawine, all these guys that, that we're recruiting, I mean, don't get me wrong, glad to have them on board, but they're going to be the death of me trying to pronounce their names. But uh, Adis, Tony. We'll say Tony. Yeah, we'll just Tony, call, Tony, we'll call Tony. Tony. He signed on Thursday, 6'6", 210-pound point guard, played the last three years for Pitt, averaged 10 points per game for the Panthers, and uh, that was over his career. Now, Porter, I'll say something to you. You know who else averaged 10 points over the – I think this is correct. Averaged 10 points per game for their career when they came into Arkansas? Justin Smith. I'm pretty sure it was like 10.4 or something like that uh, when he came in. So – Guy, he's this guy has some has some ups. He can play a lot. He's your typical muscleman player. He can play multiple positions. Whether they need to go small and play some guards, but also too, if he needs to probably play the three or the four, uh, I don't think that that's out of question. He's definitely a utility player, like they they love to see, and so. He's going to come in with uh, with Chance Moore and Nicole Mullane for the 2021 class. I guess is he immediately eligible because I saw that he's not a grad transfer. Yes. so he is. He is immediately okay. Yeah, because this is the COVID year. This That's is right. everybody. Everybody oh, who keep... leaves and transfer portal, you get that free year back, just See, like I, with. I, 
Yeah. Yeah. I keep forgetting because I was thinking about like with the end of the season, all these player or all these teams ending their seasons in the NCAA tournament. I keep thinking about, well, this person's a senior or that, but then I'm like, wait a second, they can come back. I keep forgetting all about that. And so you're going to have three guys. And that's the thing is Musselman is bringing in these two true freshmen. Well, I guess Chance Moore is a true freshman. I call him a B. You think he's a junior college player, but he's going to use the transfer portal. We'll, we'll beat that. It, people are going, I know that there's still some, despite the fact you, you don't really hear the rumblings anymore, at least during the season you did until we got on that long run with the sec. But when he got hired, man, there was a lot of people that just really did not like the fact uh, of how he does that, but that's what he's going to do. And, and look forward to having Tony on campus, uh, going to be a, a great addition to this team. And we got some also good basketball news on the women's front before we get into that. Guys, gals, it's the weekend, so we're all feeling nice, feeling loose, but Sunday will come quick, and don't let dreading having another start to the week get the best of you. Sunday Scaries products such as vitamin-boosted gummies, oils, and even candy jerky are here to keep you mellow. So thanks to the no-risk-to-buy guarantee, you get 100% of your money back if you find that the product is not for you. Visit sundayscaries.com and use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get 20% off your first purchase. Again, that's sundayscaries.com slash B-L-E-A-V. And Porter, last year, Coach Neighbors got a five-star talent out of the transfer portal from Oregon State. He did it again this year. This time, it's a homegrown kid and Sasha Goforth, Fayetteville native. She was the I, I saw anywhere from the 7th to 21st player in her class for 2020. I'm not sure of the exact number, but either way, a top 10 to top 20 player any way that you looked at it average 11.6 points per game last year including 41.8 percent from three-point range so they're bringing in another player and you think about alana eaton aaron barnum jersey wolfenbarger marquisha davis and now go forth you've got a solid starting five or at least some starters and very solid key reserves all that are homegrown arkansans yeah and then you have you know amber ramirez she announced that she's coming back too you know, I mean, it, this this scary. And, you know, earlier we we're talking about Braxton Burnside going to Paragold, full circle. Look at these kids that the last coaching hires or early in the new coaching hires, period, how people still went away. Now they're starting to come back. You know, if they're getting these kids to come back to Arkansas from their home state when they went away, just think what this is going to do future down the line with these kids coming right out of high school. They're going to start coming to Arkansas. We're, we're starting to see this in softball and women's basketball. You said Jersey, Alana Eaton, now go forth. I mean, she was averaging 11.6 points a game as a freshman. So, again, when we're talking about the COVID rule, she has four years of eligibility next year in Arkansas. And, that I mean, with her, Jersey, Alana, then you got Michaela Daniels, Amber Ramirez, Barnum's back, and I know they're probably going to go into the the portal. Amber Ramirez, I was on the press conference with her today, and you know she said she wanted to come back because she wanted to add to the history and the legacy that this team this year set. It didn't end the way they wanted to, and they want to bring a banner to Arkansas. And I'm telling you, I, I was kind of bummed when we seen who was leaving. You know, with with Dungey and. Mason and and all the other ones that decided and Slocum who decided to go into the draft and, and transfer portal and man I'm telling you what it, it got me really excited with the addition of Ramirez and, and go forth and there's another one Emory Ellis coach neighbors said to keep an eye on her six three so you're going to have six one six two six three and six six in your starting lineup next year possibly and what have we preached about 
you know, bigs, and they're going to have six three six six in the back end. So that, that's going to be something to watch next year. And I could really see. I'm not going to say it's a Chelsea type year, but I could see Amber coming back on a tear uh, just because we Look, know that the talent her, she has. her excitement. You know how when we we interviewed her and how she's been so timid. You know, she didn't really have much. I'm telling you, we've interacted with her. We had her on the podcast. Her excitement level, I mean, in this press conference and how she was coming back, and I knew something was up because everybody else announced they were going to the draft or the portal, and there she was sitting quiet. So I kind of had a hope that she was coming back, but I'm telling you what, her excitement, it's like she got recruited all over again. And she is very excited about next year. Well, and she, it's a great point that you bring up about how when we had her on, uh, she was – and I don't know so much as – I, I know you weren't saying she was scared or anything, but I, I don't know so much if it was like more timid or the fact that she just does not like to talk about herself. When I got her talking about San Antonio tacos and she started talking about the team, that's when she lights up and that's when she gets to really talking because she just is that natural born. I, I feel like that maybe it's kind of been from a quiet standpoint, but she is a leader. You saw whenever – I think there she yep. was out – or two games when she was on the bench and you could see how enthusiastic she was and she went through a lot this year she went through some deaths in her family and of course went through a little bit of an injury there and, and hit some cold streak hit some cold streaks and that's going to happen no matter what you're going through whether it's off the court or just happens in, in your game that's the way that it's going to work and I could definitely see her having a type of year next year to where she is like what Chelsea did and leads this team. I'm not saying that because what Chelsea did was special, and I'm not saying Amber doesn't have that capability, but nonetheless, I, I definitely, once the season ended against Wright State, I did have, and I expressed my concerns about it last week, and I've said all year, you know, just like you mentioned about the bigs, that that was going to be a concern, but you've got some some players coming in that can play multiple positions. And the fact is, is you also got to remember, too, that this team this year, the women's team, they had played together a lot. You're not going to see that a lot next year, so you're probably going to experience some growing pains like you saw with the men's team this year. But, again, you know, we keep, we keep talking about with the coaches that we have on on staff, not just in the big three, but women's basketball. Now with what Coach Difel has done with softball, which we're about to get, on, get in on here in a second, just a – it's incredible what Hunter Juracek has helped build. And, and Ty Richardson – made a great point on the morning rush the other day. Everybody's talking about locking in Musselman and getting him paid. Everything. We should start thinking about getting Hunter Juracek paid and getting in other schools really recruiting him because of the job that he has done. They're just taking all these programs to either from the bottom up or at least assisting in that. I know that Difel wasn't a, a, a Juracek hire, but you think about what, and, and you've talked about Porter so many times, what Jordan Weber's done with the gymnastics team. And, uh, man, it's it's just we can't say that enough. We, we need to say it to make sure that we reiterate it on the show at least once a week to talk about how blessed we are because these type of, of, of moments don't come around all the time. Well, and, and the, it's a family atmosphere. It's a chemistry. All the coaching staff has just bought into each other. You know, Coach Pittman went to the Elite Eight game. You know, Coach Difel, I mean, you just see all the interaction. You know, every time Arkansas basketball went, Coach Difel, Coach Weber, you know, everybody was congratulating each other. You had Hunter Yurchek out in the middle of the fans, you know, had Coach Musselman on the phone and was interacting, you know, what on a regular basis, you know, not social media or not for PR, you know, what AD goes out there on a regular basis. I mean, congratulating the golf team. Hey, good luck today. Congratulating the softball team. Hey, good luck on your road game. I mean, he's constantly 
sitting there congratulating all the teams and do, he's exceeding what you would expect out of an AD because a lot of ADs, you know, you, you can, you only care about football and basketball. You know, when it comes down to a lot of the ADs around the country, you, you're either a basketball school or you're a football school, you know, take Clemson for an example. They're, they're mainly worried about football. Now they want all their teams to, you know, be successful. But when it comes down to it, you know, you spend majority of the time on one sport, Kansas basketball, Duke basketball, but here it's different. And everybody's talking about, well, what if Musselman goes here? Or what if we need to lock, they're going to lock them down. You need to get Hunter your check and extension and pay him. You need to lock down Musselman, but I'm not concerned because I know one, they're going to pay them, but two, they want to be here. You know, Danielle and, and Mariah, they love Northwest Arkansas and the impact they've already had on the community and social media I mean, these people who think that Musselman's going to go to Texas or, or, you know, Roy Williams, he just retired. He Now everybody's going to say he's going to go to North Carolina. But at the end of the road, Eric Musselman's traveled and he's been all these stops. And I think they all got a culture shock of this is a very unique situation when it comes to a fan base. Nebraska is about the only one that I can think of where it's a one-state team, Nebraska Cornhuskers. I mean, they get 80,000 at a spring game. I mean, they're very passionate about their football season. But here at Arkansas, they're passionate about all the sports and they're having success in every sport. You know, at one time, every spring sport was ranked. So, yeah, Hunter Juracek deserves an extension. I mean, on the fact of his hires, but he, he's kept, you know, it start, you've got to lead by example. And what he's done to lead by example and being passionate about every single sport and you make your women's sports, your smaller sports feel just like you're just as important as the football and basketball team, I'm telling you, that's what's causing all this right now. I mean, the girls' softball team, they're having so much fun this year, and you can see it out on the diamond. And all of that success in sports, of course, makes it very attractive for recruits, and that's what we're going to get into next is I forgot to mention on Monday's show, Miles Rouser, the safety from Belleville High School in Detroit, Michigan, or this list that he has, it's just like Faison Wilson, who is I'm going to talk about next. But Michigan, Alabama, the li- this list for Power Five schools just goes on. I mean, Florida State, Florida, then you got Notre Dame, T- Tennessee, Penn State, multiple, multiple, especially when you look at the Bama offer. And we're getting kids like what Darren Turner did, um, what – uh, I think well, Faison Wilson's going to commit by the time that this drops. This will uh, his commitment will have already happened. So I'll go ahead and get into him. Faison Wilson, basically a type of player that because uh, obviously I can't uh, not talk about him, but basically the type of player that Ke- Keetron Jackson was to last year's class. Uh, just that big four star receiver. Now he's six four two ten, and basically from what I've been gathering about him, we have yet to see his full ability because he's had to sit behind so many other talented players. That's what Gabe Brooks had said, uh, one of the guys from 247, one of the national guys from 247. And uh, Faison is the 45th wide receiver in Texas, uh, or, or I'm sorry, in the country. And again, his final two came down to the Razorbacks in Alabama. And by the time that this drops, hopefully he will already be calling the Hogs. And then that will be the second uh, four-star commit on top of the, the previously mentioned Miles Rouser, who also had Bama offers, Michigan, like I'd mentioned, and uh, Porter, the, the players that Coach Pittman and staff are like, he really meant it when he said that we are really going to try to win battles in recruiting. We're going to get really aggressive with recruiting. 
as great as it was to have those classes that Chad Morris brought in, the, about the only thing that he did really well on campus was recruiting, they are trying to take this to a whole another step. And, you know, I don't know that they'll ever get into those top five, top ten classes, but where they're at right now, I could not be more than satisfied. Yeah, and you can bring in all the recruiting classes you want. You still have to develop them. And that's that was the biggest miss when it comes to – you know, Coach Morris and his staff. They could not develop the talent that they had. You just see what happened this year with three stars and just what Odom and Bryles and Pittman got out of the kids they had this year. I mean, freaking guys out there playing with broken shoulders and broken arms, and they're going out there giving 110%. Again, I mentioned the word culture, and I think we're starting to see a shift when it comes to the, the recruiting battles in football with Arkansas is you name those two kids that had Michigan and Alabama. All right, Jim Harbaugh's, he's on the hot seat every year. You know what I'm saying? So, and then Nick Saban, when you're going there for defense, who's going to be your defensive coordinator after the next year? I think these kids are really starting to see that I'm going to go to this school, but is my coach going to be there in two years? Is this defensive coordinator going to leave right before the national championship game? And then what, what am I left with? Who is going to be our coach? I see with them locking down Odom. You got Pittman and Bryles. They're soon, you know, it's awesome to see because you're going to start getting these kids. And what have we said a couple of months ago? We're going to start getting these kids that we didn't think we could get a year ago. And that's exactly what's happening right now. I, I think that, and, and you can take the national attention that the basketball is getting with the culture that Eric Musselman and his excitement, Coach Pittman's doing the same thing. They're setting the social media world on fire with, with their team and the coaches, and it's it's 110% genuine. And these kids are – it's starting to be like the 90s with the basketball team. It's starting to get exciting to – people want to come here again. It's funny. Everybody tweeted out this, this rapper who wore an Arkansas basketball jersey in one of his videos. You know, when's the last time somebody has been, you know, excited about Arkansas? You know, you, you talked to, you know, it's crazy. Well, and pardon my take, the the kind of national publicity we're getting from that. People, especially sports fans, love those guys from Barstool Sports, and they obviously love Coach Musk. They have him on their pod all mm -hmm. the time. He's on podcasts, radio shows all across the country. And so, yeah, it's really it, it's really what, like what they're doing. There's, there's no uh, – there, there's definitely no secret why – Coach Muss has the amount of impressions there, or at least I guess you could say there's no secret why the success that they have been having on social media is definitely related to the amount of impressions, the amount of people that are seeing this, and that is huge. And I know that there's still coaches like Nick Saban and some of the old school guys that really just don't believe in social media, but that's the way that we're going, and they can get away with it. But man, in today's world, you know, you just got to have it. So, well, and, and you said something real, real, real quick before we move on. You said something about that kid who. He's waiting his turn, but he's playing behind so much talent. When is the last time you have been able to say that about an Arkansas football player? At, at multiple, you know what I mean? at multiple positions, not it's been exactly. quite a long time. Exactly. And is that not you know, when you're when you say that, like you're saying it, but you if you really don't realize what you said, you're saying it to me, and I'm like, man. When is the last time, you know, somebody really had to wait their turn because the person above them was just so much better, you know, and that's great. And this is a good kid that's coming up. So that tells you where they're going. Yeah. They might not have a, 
top five, top seven, top 10 recruited class. But look what Michigan State's done. Dan Antonio has been, he's been known for that, taking three and four star kids, not even getting a top, he may he might have a top 20, 25 class, but he's taking them to the college football playoffs and competing for a Big Ten title every year. And what have we always said? If it can happen in other places, it can happen in Arkansas. Yep. And the greatest thing too, that, and it's obviously not, every single kid but but what we talked about with basketball and it's happening with men's basketball too is a lot of homegrown kids are really understanding that they want to build this thing back up from not just football not just basketball the whole entire thing so it's really exciting to see especially with the talent that we've got in men's women's basketball plus football and so speaking of some more women's sports softball they've been on a tear it's an understatement porter they've swept all of their series at least up to this point in the sec daniel gibson Braxton Burnside smashing home runs. Braxton, as you mentioned, broke the single-season home run record. Mary Half's been killing it in the circle coming off a pitcher of the week. Coach Difel, man, just what she, again, what I was saying earlier, what she came into, what, five, six years ago, whatever it was, to where they are at now, she's someone that's also used the transfer portal, and she's recruited well, and it is certainly paying off. They are just seem, seemingly unstoppable right now. Yeah, they're on fire. And then, like I said, we, we, I've got to go on a couple of the, the post game press conferences and the smile, you know, and they're just, and they're sweeping. They have not lost an SEC game yet. They're, they're 10 and 0 right now in SEC play. I mean, from a team that was four and 24 over, I, I can't remember how many years it was. It was, they were had a four and 24. It sounds similar to the football SEC record, you know, and we're talking about Braxton Burnside and, and how, She's on top of the home run list. But I'm telling you, Kyle, at the end of the year, we could have four players from this season alone that could be atop of the single season home run list. You got you got Malkin, you've got Hannah Gamble, you got Danielle Gibson, and then you've got Braxton Burnside. Those all you could have four from the same season. That's how many home runs they're hitting. And uh, I don't know which one of us posted it on social media. But the softball team and the baseball team are second in home runs in the nation. I mean, and they're crushing. They're not hitting it over the fence. I mean, it was crazy that Lenny Malkin hit one 312 feet that was rolling down the street almost to Bud Walton Arena. I mean, it went into the parking lot, over the hill, into the parking lot at Bogle Park. I mean, these girls are absolutely crushing the ball. Yeah, and I've actually I've gotten to watch a couple of games that have been between the end of basketball season, baseball, and softball. It's so hard to, to catch them all. but. It's just a ton of, like, on the Bogle Bombers. You know, that's a lot of fun to watch. And, yep. just, and just think, like, if this team – I know that uh, – I believe Sydney Parr was initially planning on coming back. So, you know, I know she took other uh, opportunities in life. But just to think about her in this lineup, too. You know, I mean, they're already surpassing – we knew that they were going to be good, but they are just already surpassing expectations. 18 home – like, to th- what is – I mean, there's, what, 20, 20 games left. So, you do the math there <laughs> yeah. and think about what kind of pace she's on. She might win the player of the year. Exactly. And then going back to Mary half, you know, we, we talk about the Bogle bombers. I mean, she's, I mean, have, she is having an Isaiah Campbell and Blaine Knight type of year. I mean, just locking people down strikeout after strikeout. And she's only a junior. She can come back next year as well. As long with the softball team, they get a free year. So everybody that's juniors, they get two more years, freshmen, you know, Burnside, she's a senior, but she gets one more year. I mean, these, these, Kids are they're absolutely killing it when it comes to 
playing and you know they've went to in the games in the extra innings they've been down they were down six two to Mississippi State and come back and won the game I mean these girls they've went and they've won in so many different ways and how they're hitting home runs you know coach Dival said the other teams are on edge because they know with one swing of the bat they can knock in three runs yeah, there's no question. And we've seen how many times they were down. And, like, I've even told you guys in the group chat, well, they might lose their first one now because I, I want to say that one point they were down, like, 5-1 to one or something like that in the fifth or sixth inning. So it was pretty late in the game. They ended up coming back. And so, guys, if, you, if you're up in Fayetteville and you don't really have anything to do or you're just up trying to see a game and you get a chance to see the the softball team, you need to check them out at, at Bogle Park. You know, the, the capacities for stadiums are beginning to be more and more and more. We're really beginning to see that light. We've seen that light at the end of the tunnel for a while, but it seems like with the more people that are getting vaccinated, with the the more the cases are going down, we're really being able to uh, attend. Now, be safe about it. You know, keep your distance still. Definitely take all the precautions. But, you know, if you're definitely yeah, up there. Yeah, and, and while we're talking yeah. about that, you know, they did lift the mask mandate, but U of A did come out with a statement, especially with the spring game coming up. And, and if you're going to the baseball games, you still have to practice social distance. You still have to wear your mask. So, I mean, just because the state mandate lifted, the U of A still wants you to follow the procedures. Yeah, and of course, we also, too, you know, that's one thing that we've definitely remained consistent on this show is we, we definitely want you guys to live your lives, but at the same time, be smart about it, just like being smart with anything. And so... But definitely check them out if you get a chance. And Porter, I know we're about to hit a break here, but I know you wanted uh, to make an announcement real quick before we do that. Yeah, I mean, have you ever heard of a bull drop before? I had not till you mentioned it a couple of days ago. <laughs> so, so in my hometown in Ozark, for for years, the Franklin County Learning Center, where my my son went for three years. So, what it is, it's a school for kids and adults with special needs, and their big fundraiser they do it twice a year. It's called a bull drop. And what they do is you pay 20 bucks and you get a chance at $10,000. And they, this is the 52nd time they've done this. And every time now they've been able to give away the full $10,000. So what happens is they put a bull in a, in a square and where he, he does his business. If it lands on your square, you win $10,000. So it's cool. for a very good, yeah, it's for a very good cause. So whoever's listening you know, if, if you're interested in buying a ticket, it's going to be at the end of the month in April. We're going to be announcing more details to it on the podcast and social media. So get with me, you know, DM me. I'll put you in the right direction and and get you a chance to win $10,000. Yeah, and of course, like I said, you can hit up Porter. You can uh, DM us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or at the Hog Talk on all of those. So you can shoot us a message. Like he said, we'll be posting updates. And also, too, you can hear updates on the pod. So that's it for segment one. As before we uh, or after we get back from the break, Kevin will be talking with D1 Baseball's co-editor Aaron Fit. Stay with us. You are listening to the Hog Talk podcast, part of Believe, and hit that line podcast networks. Whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for through our friends at eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go for the pair you have been eyeing eBay's authenticity guarantees your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators that verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. The guarantee also protects sellers with a verified return process. Selling fees have even been eliminated on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. 
With American National, you get a dedicated agent who will help you make well-informed decisions about protecting your lifestyle. Call us today for a free review of your commercial, home, and auto policies, or to learn more about our customizable farm and ranch insurance. Let the Atkins Agency be your agency of choice. You can visit us on the web at theatkinsagency.com. Call us at 501-428-0877 or connect with us through Facebook. Go Hogs! Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. The Hawk Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handyman. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Hey, Ty Richardson for JJ's Grill. They have locations all over Arkansas, and right now they have $5 Arkansas attitudes while the Hogs are still in the NCAA tournament. Bottle beer buckets are just $10, and Truly buckets are $15. Plus, you can mix and match. When you're on Twitter, make sure to tweet out Best Bar JJ's to help JJ's win Barstool's Best Bar. They're competing against the defending national champion Subdogs. In order for JJ's Grill to win it all, we need you to tweet out hashtag Best Bar JJ's. College basketball is just better at JJ's. Do your mouth a favor and come visit us at JJ's Grill. Three, two, one. Hog fans, welcome back to episode 180 of the Hog Talk podcast. This is Kevin Bohannon, and we will be talking some baseball today with D1Baseball.com editor Aaron Fitt. We talked to his cohort, part of the dynamic deal, Kendall Rogers, back in the fall. But Aaron, welcome to the Hog Talk podcast. Thanks, Kevin. It's great to be with you. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Let's talk a little bit about your background. I know you've been in baseball for a long time now and done some really good work with D1Baseball.com. Y'all seem to be the leader, and I know it's the one that I go to for all my baseball information. Talk a little bit about your history and what brought you to D1. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a great ride for me. Um, you know, I I, I kind of always wanted to get into baseball writing, even um, you know, in in high school. I mean, you kind of you have that realization, especially when you're an undersized guy like me, that uh, you got no future as a player. So so how can you how can you stay involved in the game? And for me, uh, it was writing. And so um, I went. I, I grew up in Massachusetts and uh, watching Cape Cod League games and stuff like that. And uh, I went to Carolina, uh, North Carolina. Um, because that's what Peter Gammons did. You know, I was my that's guy. Right. I wanted yeah. to be Peter Gammons. And so, uh, you know, and, and it worked out great. I uh, got a, a job right out of school uh, working at Baseball America. That was in, in 2004. And uh, kind of worked my way up there, became the, the lead college writer, um, spent a decade there. And, and, uh, and then when we, we started D1 Baseball, kind of the, the relaunch, 
Because if yeah. you recall, it used to be just the, the scores website for a long time, but I think it was 2014 right. or 15, uh, got together with Kendall and Kyle and decided, hey, let's let's join forces and make this into the one-stop shop for, for the college baseball fan. And uh, it's been a blast. It really has been so much fun to, to build this thing ourselves kind of from the ground up. Yeah, y'all really have done a really good job. Uh, you, you talk about being the one-stop shop, you got scores. You got the team stats on there. Y'all even have the the nitty gritty report, the RPI on there, and then you do a prospect list for the draft, and you even have the transfer portal and the coaching buzz uh, forum on there. So it really is the one stop shop. So talk, you mentioned the Cape Cod League. What was it like last summer without having baseball at the Cape? Yeah, it stunk. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's something I you know really look forward to and. Uh, I mean, my whole life I was going to Cape League games, but especially now, um, you know, since I've been covering college baseball, it's just such a um, something I look forward to because you, you kind of get a sense for the next group of stars that are on the rise and you get a, a look at some breakout guys. And honestly, I feel like I've had a harder time getting um, a feel for this college baseball season because because we didn't have a cape i mean really right. it's something I, I realized after the fact how much i rely upon that to kind of get ahead you know and, and get a get a feel for the the rising talents around the country um and so without that i i, I just feel a little disconnected i mean and, and i think that's a big reason for it it's a it's and i think also you know when you look around college baseball this year that lack of development time has, has been a factor. I mean, I think there are a lot of players that um, had they had, you know, a full season of, of at-bats or innings pitched last spring and then gone to the Cape and, you know, logged another 150 at-bats. I mean, um, that can really put you farther along down the development curve. And so now instead, I think you've seen guys that have taken maybe steps back from what we expected. And I think that was the one big thing going into this season because a lot of us that follow the game and write about the game – talked about how much talent there was going to be, but it seems to be that there's more raw talent out there that hasn't been developed like you talk about. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's well said. Um, and, you know, just some guys that have struggled, like, you know, Judd Fabian for Florida was, right. my, yeah. was my pick to win. It might have been my pick to win the National Player of the Year. I don't know. I really like the guy. Uh, he's, he can do everything. He's got power. He's got speed. He can really defend in center field. Uh, but he's got 40 strikeouts. And he struck out 11 times this past weekend. Um, I just think the hit tool didn't have – a chance to develop the way it needed to because he lost a whole year of at bats. So, uh, and there are a lot of examples like that. Now that you, you bring up the, the strikeouts with Fabian, I want to talk a little bit about Robert Moore. Yeah. He just went through a stretch where he was five for 31 in the previous eight games up until Tuesday night, where he went four for four and hit for the cycle. As fans, a lot of the, people out there don't realize that these are still young men and they they're 18, 19, sometimes 20 years old, and they're playing on national television, national spotlight, but they're, but they're young men that deal with problems like that. And he had gone through a, a really rough stretch and came out of it. Talk a little bit about how, how a young talent like that at such a young age overcomes that. Yeah, that's a, that's a, it's a good one. I mean, and you know, you kind of saw it this weekend in, in Starkville, uh, first really game and a half there. I think he had six strikeouts th yeah. uh, Friday and Saturday. And then his last two at bats, um, I thought 
Saturday were, were much better. I mean, he started to hit a couple of hard line drives that went for hits and it kind of felt like to me that that unlocked something for him. And of course, he had the big triple off the wall on Sunday uh, and he went nuts on Tuesday. But it, it does sometimes feel like you just got to grind through those struggles and then maybe you get a swing or two where it's like, oh, you know, and, and it just kind of clicks for you. Um, I mean, it, it's you know, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Like on the golf course, if you got like one thing you're just really struggling with and struggling with, and then like, um, you, you have a good swing. It's like, Oh yeah, that's what it feels like. Right. Like sometimes <laughs> it's, it's that simple. It's just, it's just a matter of unlocking it and getting that confidence going and just kind of remembering, you know, Hey, like I'm, I'm a really good player. Um, and, and he's, he's got no shortage of confidence. I mean, that's part of what makes Bob Moore, Bob Moore. Uh, it's, it's, he's really got some swagger to him and I love it. I mean, he's a fun player to watch. I've really had, I've really enjoyed watching him grow up. I coached Caden Wallace and Jackson Wiggins in summer ball the last oh, wow. three years. So we, we we saw Robert on the on the circuit when he was playing for the Royal Scout team. And one thing that I had mentioned recently, I said I've never seen Robert strike out this much. He was always a contact guy, and I know that they're really preaching launch angle and hitting the ball a long way up there at Fayetteville right now. Coach Thompson has those guys tuned in to that way of thinking and you saw it a little bit this past weekend with Christian Franklin some of the adjustments he's made right. let's talk a little bit about this Razorback lineup Aaron in the fall coach Van Horn said we've hit more home runs this year in the fall than we had the previous two and that was some of the best lineup as far as power goes that Arkansas has ever had yeah. it what are your takes on this lineup they got 45 home runs at this point is this one of the most dynamic offenses in college baseball yeah, I think it has to be. And, and I will say that that's a surprising comment from, from Coach Van Horn because yeah. you never think, hey, we're going to lose, you know, Kerstad and, and, and Martin and some of these guys and yeah. no home runs. I mean, I, I, I didn't see that coming. You know, I, I, I thought this lineup, uh, I liked it heading into the year, but I thought it would take a step back from where it had been. Um, so this has been a surprise for me. Now, you know, I think it's okay that they're striking out a lot as long as, as long as the trade-off for that is you're hitting a lot of, a lot of home runs and, you know, and doubles. And I mean, if you're scoring runs, then that's fine. You can take that trade-off. Now um, I do think that, you know, there's a lot of tough outs too, even, even when they're yeah. out, they work deep counts. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's another thing that people kind of forget about, right. Is, like if, if you're a guy who sees a lot of pitches, you're going to have higher strikeouts because you're going to be a lot more two strike counts than if you're just flailing away early in the count. Um, and so that also result in more walks though. So I personally, I think that trade-off works pretty well. And um, you know, they have, they have guys like Braden Webb who, you know, you look at the batting average, you're like, this is your leadoff hitter. Um, I know, I know he wasn't this past week. Didn't they move more back into leadoff on Tuesday? They did. And yeah. that's good the past weekend but yeah to your point Braden Webb has 15 walks on the year yeah. he was getting on base every time exactly yeah I mean it's you know it, that's a valuable piece I mean a guy that um just finds a way to get on base so but I mean I, I I've always liked Matt Goodhart swing um you know and, and he obviously was on a tear recently and uh yeah. there's there's you know he's not a real physical guy but there's some real whip in that stroke and and certainly he's got feel for the barrel I mean I think he's just one of the more underrated hitters out there in the SEC this year um kind of gets overshadowed a little bit but you know, him and, and Brady Slavens were two guys that I, I saw quite a bit this summer in the Coastal Plain League um, mm -hmm. that, that I liked a lot. And, and I'm not surprised to see Slavens having success as a Juco transfer. And um, certainly Jalen Battles uh, love his defensive skill set. I mean, he's just really fun to watch at shortstop. 
I'm not as sold on the bat, but I do think, you know, there's, there's enough there for him to be a, a solid offensive player. But I mean, maybe the thing I like the most about Arkansas is the defense up the middle. I mean, I, I would take that defense up the middle against any in the country. Um, I agree. Yeah. With Opitz and then, you know, more and, and, and battle and, and Franklin, I think it's as good as it gets. And, and I always look for that when I'm, when I'm looking for, you know, national title contenders, if you find me a national champion who wasn't strong up the middle, you know, good luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you look back at some of the good Vanderbilt teams that had Dansby Swanson yeah. at shortstop. You know, it seems like those top five, ten draft picks are always shortstops on national contender. Now, if they didn't win it, there were contenders there. So I wholeheartedly agree with you with that. Uh, now, there was one mention this weekend. I know there's been some conflict among Razorback fans, and if you don't know by now, we're very passionate. We have some very rowdy fans. But – there was some mention that why is Vanderbilt number one? They haven't won as many against top 10, top 25. And we tried to temper fans' expectations and like, guys, it doesn't matter where you're at right now. They're not going to lose very many series when you have a one, two punch like Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter, especially when Leiter has a sub 0.5 ERA and he's striking out 17, 18 guys a game. Yeah. So walk me through what it would look like if we had the, final in the at omaha mm. this year that was vanderbilt and arkansas in a three-game series oh boy kumar rocker and jack Leiter against this lineup that would be a lot of fun especially since they're not going to play in the regular season which i think bums everybody out <laughs> uh, yeah let me let me backtrack for one second here okay. i want to get this yeah. out there because i think it is i think it's already it's already been out there we've already discussed it even on our podcast but uh, i was the dissenter in our rankings the week that we moved <laughs> Vanderbilt, the head of Arkansas, Kendall and runes. They said they were just blown away by what lighter and rocker did. And I don't blame them. Uh, right. Arkansas had a two and two week. They did lose a midweek game, but for me, I mean, they won an sec series and I think it was on the road. Wasn't it that week? I don't know. Alabama, Alabama, yeah. Um, yeah, at home. At home. That's right. Okay. I mean, that's a good team. Alabama's a good team for me. You, you win a conference series in the sec and you don't have a losing week. You, you stay number one. I mean, that's just how, you know, we've done it forever. And uh, I was a little surprised, frankly, that those guys felt as strongly as they did about Vanderbilt. And, and you know, and now I was impressed with Vanderbilt, who wasn't. So I wasn't going to, like, lie down in front of the cement truck and, like, <laughs> try to stop them. But but for me, I, I, I had Arkansas number one, and I still would have had them number one because I agree with you. I think they have the stronger resume, certainly. Uh, so anyway, I just want to get that out there, Arkansas fans. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, that, that matchup would be awesome. And, and obviously, you would, you'd have to give Vanderbilt the, the starting pitching edge. But, I mean, I, I like Arkansas better in the bullpen. Um, I do like their lineup better, although Vandy's young lineup has, has been performing pretty well. I mean, they, they do have some speed and some power. They can beat you a lot of different ways. Um, and, and I do like Arkansas better on defense, but Vandy's defense also looks pretty solid. I mean, they're both really good, complete clubs. I'm just curious to see, you know, two or three months from now, uh, what does Arkansas's pitching look like? I mean, how is it structured? I mean, right now yeah. it, it seems to be working for them. Um, and, and maybe nowadays you don't need those traditional workhorse, you know, I mean, it's, you, you love when you've got a, you know, an Isaiah Campbell or a Blaine Knight or, you know, a, a Nick Schmidt. I mean, you love to have those guys to, to lean on on a Friday or a Saturday, but maybe you can, you can win, you can win without, without those guys. I mean, if you can uh, mix and match in the bullpen, if, if, if Lyle Lockhart gives you three or four solid innings, then you hand it off to a parade of really good arms. Then 
Um, I think the Tampa Bay Rays have shown that's a winning formula and, and I think it can be a winning formula for Arkansas too. But um, that said, I mean, maybe Wick Landers, the guy, maybe he's coming into his own. I, I, I wasn't there on Friday in Starkville, but I was talking to scouts who said, Hey, he looked really good. I mean, it was mm-hmm. 1995 and he was away from the barrel and, and, um, and he competed and, you know, it's maybe it's just taking him a little time to take that last jump and maybe it's coming. So we'll see, but there's, there's time for Matt Hobbs and, and those guys to figure it out. Uh, they have lots of options and, and, uh, I feel like they're going to figure out the best way to use all those options. You talk about the bullpen and two really big pieces that have caught national attention. One and on opposite end of the spectrum, you got a six-year for a six-year senior in Kevin Copps, who's 24 years old, and you have a freshman phenom in Jackson Wiggins, who is lighting up the radar guns any chance he gets. Talk about that one-two combination out of the bullpen, and if if there's any better around the nation, I know we at Landon Sims was lights out against us. Uh, Brandon Smith out of the Mississippi state bullpen, but you won't find uh, a middle reliever like cops. And then a young hurler like Wiggins on very many teams. Yeah, that's impressive. And I was so impressed with both those guys this weekend in, in Starkville. Um, you know, cops you kind of expect is going to be able to handle any kind of atmosphere. He's, he's a six year guy. He's seen it all in the sec. Um, and, and I just think, you know, that cutter is such a weapon. I mean, for me, um, I, I think it's in the same category as that old Scott Biddle cutter that they, they called yeah. back in, you know, back in the day for Ole Miss. Um, the difference is he's also got, I mean, he's got a nice four pitch mix. I mean, I, I know the cutter is a, is a huge weapon, you know, it's coming and you still can't hit it, but like he's 90, 92, the changeup is good. It's actually like he throws it with conviction. It's got tumble uh, and he can spin a, a decent little breaking ball in there too. So, um, I mean, he's not just a one pitch guy. He's, he's tough. You can, you can gear up for that cutter and get beat a number of different ways. Um, so yeah, I, I like him. And, and the fact that they can extend him, you know, for multiple innings. I mean, just, he's that invaluable kind of moment of truth bridge stopper guy. Um, you, you love having a guy like that, especially an experienced one and, and Wiggins, you know, we all know how big the arm is. And I had heard about the big velo. Um, I don't think I saw his peak velo in Starkville. I think it was more like nine. Yeah, it was down a little bit. Yeah. 91, 95 or whatever, but like he competed hard and that was the thing that I was, I was curious about because he's coming into a situation where, you know, a couple of guys on base, I think in that Sunday game and mm-hmm. uh, it, it was, it got rowdy, it got loud. And this is, you know, an environment that nobody has really gotten to experience in a while because they've been playing in front of um, reduced capacities, but this place was pretty packed and, and loud. And I was like, okay, freshman, let's, let's see how you can handle this. And it was just like, not even a pulse, man. He just struck out Cumbist and he got foresight to pop out. And it wasn't even like some huge emotional reaction. It was just like, yeah, okay. It's just very business-like, you know, <laughs> been there before. I was so impressed with his freshman poise. Yeah, it's been really fun to watch his development over the last couple of years because he really didn't get to, you know, he's a two-sport star out of Oklahoma, made all-state in basketball. So getting up there with Coach Hobbs, gaining that 20 pounds has really taken him from – uh, fourth, fifth, sixth round pick to to a potential, you know, top 10, top 15, if he continues that projection. So it's going to be a lot of fun watching them. Before we get out of here, Aaron, every week we, we preview the upcoming weekend and the opponent for the Razorbacks. Talk a little bit about Auburn. Coach Butch Thompson's team made it to Omaha in 2019. They don't have a Casey Mize this year, but they do have a really good hitter in Tyler Miller. Yeah. Tyler Miller is, uh, it sounds like is the real deal. I mean, 
I liked what I saw from him in the fall and our guy, David Seifert was in there this week and really walked away impressed. I mean, he's, he's got eight home runs. He's hitting for average. Um, you know, another one of those Juco transfer guys that just has hit the ground running there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this team is a disappointment right now, obviously. Right. I mean, this was a preseason top 25 team. Um, one of the reasons they were a preseason top 25 team is because we thought Richard Fitz was going to be that new, you know, Casey yep. Mize, Tanner Burns guy. Like he was so good in the, in the fall and the scouts were talking about him as a, as a top 10 pick kind of a guy. I mean, it just didn't really work out um, in that, in that number one starter job. And now he's in the bullpen. I think he's, I think he's still in the bullpen this weekend. I think that's the plan. Yeah. He's not projected to yeah. start any of the games. So you know, that kind of changes the outlook for that pitching staff for me. I mean, I do like Mason Barnett, the second year freshman. He's got good stuff. Um, you know, re- real wipeout breaking ball when it's on and, and there's enough juice on the fastball. He'll show you mid nineties, but you know, Cody Greenhill's just that veteran, you know, he's, it's, it's kind of like a, a Zeb Vermillion kind of stuff. It's not yeah. necessarily going to blow you away. I mean, uh, I wasn't blown away by Vermillion stuff this past week. It was 90-92, you know, uh, without a real out pitch. But I, I've seen more in the past in, in a bullpen role, and the same goes for Greenhill. Mm-hmm. But I think the stuff kind of plays down in the starting role. So I think you can get Greenhill, but he'll, he's going to compete. I mean, he's he's the bull. Um, he's he's going to battle you really hard. And so, you know, I, I just think that they're trying to figure it out on the mound. Um, and they just don't have the one real difference maker that I thought – was going to elevate them to being a top 25 team. I thought it was going to be fits and it hasn't been so, uh, and, and offensively, I mean, some of these veteran guys have been, have been just okay. I mean, they were expecting Steven Williams to have a big year, you know, he's been there a while now. He certainly has put up numbers. Um, Case and Howell. I mean, another guy that they had high hopes for Judd Ward. I mean, these are some holdovers from that 2019 Omaha team that they were counting on the, to really lead them. And, they haven't been very good. I mean, it's that simple. They got to be better uh, for Auburn to make a run. Yeah, that the the veterans have seemed to put up just pedestrian numbers, but you got some newer guys like Ryan Bliss and Rankin Woolley that have you know really stepped up and kind of filled the the void left by the production of those older guys. So it'll be really interesting to see. I, I told fans and some of our followers that get ready for a high scoring weekend because Auburn hits really well. I think they were hitting 309 coming into the series, which is top, you know, it's towards the top in the nation. And of course we've seen what Arkansas can do when they get on a roll. But I'm going to put you on the spot, Aaron. What is the outcome Saturday evening when all the dust is settled? Who, who wins and about how much this weekend? Yeah. I mean, I was so impressed with Arkansas. I think they win the series comfortably. Um, you know, it certainly wouldn't surprise me to sweep. I, I can't ever predict a sweep because those are yeah. actually really hard to do. Especially, especially in the, the SEC. Uh, and yes, in the SEC. But I mean, I, I think Arkansas takes two out of three with a chance to sweep. Awesome. Aaron, we greatly appreciate you coming on and uh, do us a favor and work on Kendall for us. I know he's been a big, big Razorback fan and a really big advocate for the Omaha. So yeah, ne- next time y'all get, ready to do do the rankings. I, I know you'll kind of work on him a little bit. So, but thank I, you for coming on, Aaron. I just had to throw him under the bus so that you, you know, everybody <laughs> out there knows it's fit. Who's fighting for the hogs right now. That's right. <laughs> Fans, make sure you go subscribe, rate and review us so we can get our name out there a little bit more uh, for Kyle Sutherland, Porter Hayes. This, this is Kevin Bohannon. Go hogs.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.